The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by George Rodriguez on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Hi there, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio. Welcome to our show, sponsored by Border Hawk News. Uh, if you want to know anything about the border, my friends, go to Border Hawk News. Uh, welcome to the show, my friends. Thank you very, very much for coming, uh, for for joining us today. Uh, April seventeenth, two thousand twenty-one. That's our date. Uh, it, it, so much is happening today, my friends, or this week. So many, so many things happened. Uh, we've got a fantastic uh, lineup for you. Some new guests, as well as uh, one gentleman that has been on before, uh, who I know you will enjoy hearing from. Um, we've got, uh, first of all, let me tell you uh, who our guests are, and then I'll uh, give you a little bit of, uh, of news of what's going on in, uh, here in, in Texas as well as around the, st- the country regarding the, the border uh, and the immigration crisis that we've got going. Uh, first of all, uh, we've got uh, a rancher, uh, a resident of one of the counties that's right on the border, uh, Mr. Randy Wright. And Randy is going to be chatting with us telling us about the uh, experiences that he's going through right now in his own backyard, on his property, on the ranch, with regards to all the illegal aliens that are pouring across the, the, the river, my friends. Incredible. Uh, one harrowing experience that he's going to be cha- talking to us about is a, an attempted carjacking that he experienced. Uh, very, very disturbing, my friends, that, this, that things are escalating to this point. But again, it is because... We have a president and an administration, a bunch of Democrat, liberal Democrats that are doing nothing to curtail, to stop, to dissuade, to discourage, to, to, to punish illegal immigration. And so uh, they feel emboldened. These, these people, they're not afraid. They're not afraid. Uh, on the contrary, many of them uh, feel entitled. They think that uh, they've got a right to come into the United States and, and demand whatever they want to. Well, my friends... It's reached a point where it's become dangerous for the residents. Not only does Randy Wright have to endure uh, uh, property damage, property damage on his ranch, now his his uh, very life has been threatened. Incredible. I mean, you know, he's been assaulted. And uh, who, who are, do we turn to? The federal government, this is supposed to be a federal issue, and the federal government is doing nothing, nothing about it. Then we've got Mr. Tim Enlow. Tim Enlow is, uh, again, another citizen, another simple American citizen, regular American citizen, who uh, I contacted because he, has, he is observing. He has gone to the, to, the, to the valley, to the Rio Grande Valley here in Texas on uh, business, and he was shocked. And he is reporting what he, what he found, what he saw, what he experienced. And it's nothing less. Now, this is this you're going to be hearing from the perspective of, of a citizen and a taxpayer. That's what he is. He's a citizen and a taxpayer. And you're going to be hearing what he saw, heard, and experienced from his point of view. And it is your point of view, my friends. It is your point of view. This is what is happening to all of us, what he's going to be reporting. Finally, our final um, uh, guest is Mr. Brandon Judd. Mr. Brandon Judd is the president of the National Border Patroller, Patrol uh, Local, or Union, as they call it, all right? And Brandon is going to be talking about the, uh, the morale and the uh, conditions that the uh, Border Patrol is working on under, the agents, the conditions, and the morale, which, my friends, it is very, very, the morale is very low at this point because these agents, these Border Patrol agents, I mean, they're playing catch and release. And not only are they playing catch and release, they're also playing, uh, they're also playing pri- uh, uh, school, preschool. They're playing nursery. So instead of protecting our border as they are supposed to, most of them are caught up in doing nothing more than just uh, office work and nursery work. 
for, for these illegal alien children and for these people who all declare are, are, are claiming asylum and then they are being released immediately. This, my friends, is draining on the morale of, of the, of the uh, Border Patrol agents. And not only that, they are also suffering, my friends, health consequences from people who are bringing in COVID and heaven knows what else. He's going to talk to us about agents that have died from illnesses that they contracted. He's going to talk to us about the dangers that they are facing. Because again, like I told you earlier, these folks, my friends, are not scared. They are not scared. They are not, you know, they are emboldened. So therefore, an arrest by a Border Patrol agent of an illegal alien can result in tragedy. It can result in violence. And it can result in harming the agent themselves, my friends. So, uh, you know, stay tuned for, for, for these uh, interviews because they're, they're, they're really great. They are eye-opening. So, let's start, let's start first of all, with uh, one of the first items that popped up this past week, which, is, which shouldn't surprise us, my friends, should not surprise us. Uh, about a week ago, we reported, we had, we had uh, one of the sheriffs uh, report here on our show about a, an agreement... Uh, or a letter, should I say, that they signed, the, that several sheriffs signed and sent to the uh, uh, Secretary of Homeland Security, uh, Mayorkas, okay? And that they sent to him uh, this letter, and his response was that he was going to promise that they, he was going to meet weekly with the, with the sheriffs. The sheriffs are concerned, even sheriffs in, in faraway Maryland, away from the, from the, uh, from, from the uh, border, in Maryland and Tennessee and in other places, these sheriffs are experiencing, are experiencing the uh, results of this open border with crime that is happening in their backyards. And they are addressing the issue. They don't care about Joe Schmo or Juan Schmo who is, you know, just an illegal alien that's just going through. But many of these illegal aliens are criminals. They become involved in crime, or they are gang members, or they are cartel members. Early this week, earlier this week, there was a shooting in North Carolina uh, related to the Mexican cartels at a, uh, at, at a uh, mobile home park in, uh, in North Carolina. I mean, the cartels are in North Carolina, my friends. A drug deal gone bad. So, you know, the sheriffs are concerned about this thing. Well, there was supposed to be a weekly meeting which lasted only a week. And Mayorkas has stopped uh, or didn't meet this week with the sheriffs. Apparently, he just doesn't think that it's that important. Then you've got the Iowa governor, uh, Republican governor, Kim Reynolds. She flat told the, uh, uh, the Biden administration that, that her state was not going to take any uh, any asylum uh, migrant illegal aliens uh, to be resettled in her community in her state. She flat told them no go away. She's not going to take them. It's amazing. It's amazing. These folks have no qualms about the recolonization. That's what I would call it. The recolonization of America with illegal aliens from the third world. That is what's happening my friends. They are re and they're using the poverty industry to help them. The poverty industry, all the poverty pimps, all of these uh, welfare social service organizations like Catholic Charities and others, Lutheran Ref Refugee Fund, all of these folks, they are helping to resettle these illegal aliens for a price. They're getting paid, of course. They're getting paid by the federal government because it's an industry. It's a money-making thing for them. It's not charity. Okay, but they are helping to resettle all of these illegal aliens in your backyard. It is the recolonization, my friends, of America by the third world. That's what it is, and and we need, my friends, we need to understand that that's that's the direction that that they're going. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. We are uh, we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with our first guest, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, and KLUP. Brought to you by Border Hawk News. We'll be right back. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? 
Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer, here in San Antonio. And we've got uh, a new guest with us, uh, a gentleman who is a property owner and a rancher in Terrell County, Mr. Randy Wright. And I wanted to reach out to him because not only has he had a, uh, a harrowing experience that I want him to talk to us about with illegal aliens uh, and uh, a uh, an attempted carjacking, but he's also his property has also been vandalized by these folks. So these are things, my friends, that we need to hear about because, well, because uh, this is much more than just some children being dumped across the border. This is this is something a whole lot more. And what is happening in the rural areas, my friends, I guarantee it's going to happen here in our backyards in the city. Randy, thank you for taking time to be with us. Uh, tell us about uh, what's been going on in your uh, in your neck of the woods there in Terrell County, uh, and, and what you've experienced. Well, we've been having a lot of traffic come through, and we were told by law enforcement after my incident in the pasture that the groups that were five, ten people that were coming through now it's thirty and sixty people coming through. And this is a constant, nonstop problem, 24 hours a day for law enforcement. In fact, the day that this happened to me, the law that I was talking to told us that they had 628 illegals that were caught that day from Van Horn, Texas to Eagle Pass, Texas. And he said, that's not including the eight that tried to jump me and on his way out to my house, they got a call that over at Alpine, they had a very large group that law enforcement was going after at that moment. Now, let, let's make sure that people understand that, that Terrell County is a very sparse, wide-open county. I mean, it is it is uh, what you would think of as Texas, and many people think of as Texas, wide-open spaces. So how many how many uh, law enforcement folks do, the, do you have in, in that county? Well, Terrell County doesn't have any incorporated cities. So the, all of the law enforcement that we have for the entire county is the 10th largest county in the state of Texas. It's the second largest county on the river. We have three deputies and one sheriff. Oh, my gosh. That's all the law enforcement we have. And then we have a Border Patrol station here. And I was told that we only have 16 agents manning that station right now. Wow. Wow. So what happened to you? Tell us what happened to you. Well, I went to feed cattle. We're coming out of the wintertime, and now we're in a drought in springtime, so we're still feeding cattle every day. We have been for months. And when I feed that particular set of cattle, I'm right on the highway. And when I go through the gate, I leave the gate open and drive about a half a mile into my pasture where I feed at. They just automatically go where we normally feed. So I go back, and I feed, and I'm coming out of my pasture, I noticed that my fence has been tampered with. And we're constantly having fence cut, fence stomped down, posts broke off. We have tie wire that's been untied and a fence laid on the ground so these people can walk over. And those type of problems. And of course we raise bucking bulls and beef cattle. And the last thing that you want to see on the highway is a angry bucking bull that weighs 1,800 pounds at 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. So I see the fence has been tampered with, so I pull down on the fence, and I'm working on the fence. And, of course, it's always in my mind to have the gate open, so I had to hurry up before cattle start coming. So I get my fence fixed where I have to, and I back up to come back to the house. And as I'm backing up, I notice movement in one of my rearview mirrors, and I thought, Man, that, you know, my cows are coming awful quick. And it was right on the fence line. As I backed up where I could start to swing, I saw it was people and they were rushing me. They were running at me wide open. 
thought was go home, call the sheriff's department. I can't because my cattle will be out of the pasture and on the highway. So I stopped my truck because I had to shut my gate. And I step out, and as I step out, this one male is reaching for the door handle on my pickup on the pasture side. And two more are right at the bed of my pickup, coming on the bed of my pickup at me. And they got the business end of a SIG 357 in their face. Uh-huh. And I told them, you know, I said, get the hell back. And the other five that were still running at me, one of them was a female. They started trying to stop in their tracks to throwing their hands up. And the two that were at the back corner of my bed of my pickup, they started backing off real quick. It was the one that was by the door that wanted to try to stay aggressive. And I finally I told him, I said, you back up or I'll blow your GD head off. I'm not playing with you. I'm not telling you again. So he backs off my pickup. And then they start trying to go back to my pasture. I told them, no, get out on the highway and go. So I put them on the highway, and they're going, and I let them get about 100 yards from me before I shut and lock my gate. I come home and, of course, called the sheriff's department. And they said, well, we'll be right there as fast as we can, which, you know, we're 20 miles from local law. So I got in my wife's pickup, and I pulled out the end of the driveway waiting on law enforcement so I could take them up and show them where they were hiding because I saw them cross the fence in my neighbor's pasture and go out there and hide. And I'm sitting here and there's two pickups went by when they were close together and they were going pretty slow which usually people go pretty fast by me and I thought well, maybe that's who's going to transport them. So I let them get ahead of me I don't know 50, 75 yards and I pull out and I start following them. Well, when you go up past my house, the highway goes up on Mesa, kind of a little curve, and then it flattens out. And you can see for a good mile there. And so I follow behind them slow, and as I top out, I see those two pickups going across the highway there where it's flat, and I can see good. And two of those males run out, and they reach for the door handles on those pickups. And... I was I was still numb from what happened to me, but that, that just literally shocked me. And those pickups, you know, they sped up to get away from them. And then they went back across the fence back into the pasture. So I come back to the house and waited for the sheriff's department. I took them up there. And when we got up there, the two of the males that were running at the pickup and the female were sitting out on the highway. And the other ones were still in the pasture hid. And... They rounded them up, the deputies rounded them up, and then Border Patrol came and they handed them over to them. And they came back down to my house and I was talking to them. And I told them what they did running for the vehicles. And I was told at that time, and I had two of my friends that had stopped, that's been having even worse problems than we have. They had stopped and they were here find out everything that's going on and they can bear witness to what I was told is what I'm saying and I was told by law enforcement that that is becoming a new thing that them chasing vehicles trying to grab onto vehicles it's not uncommon anymore incredible and east of Dryden in Terrell County there was a semi that was coming down the highway and an illegal stepped out in front of him to try to stop him. And he said he just appeared, and he slammed on his brakes. And they said, you know, 75-mile-an-hour loaded semi takes about a mile to get the truck stopped. Exactly. So he couldn't do anything except for hit him. And so it just turned him into red vapor. And then about a week later, outside of Fort Stockton, there was an illegal that tried to grab onto a semi going down the highway the same way and got jerked in under and run over. Wow. Incredible. Now, you know, in the essence of time, because we don't have much much more time here, um, do you, do you, I mean, uh, these situations, are they alarming? I would imagine they're alarming the, the women, the, your, your, the wives and daughters in your, in your community. Well, it's terrifying. I mean, 
you're going down the highway and these people just rush out and start trying to grab your pickup at 60, 70 miles an hour trying to get the doors open and get inside your pickup with you. There's, you're not safe. We don't have enough law enforcement to handle the problem that we're having. And let me say this, our law enforcement here is doing an amazing job. And they're nonstop. It's not the law enforcement's fault that they can't keep up. It's the fact that we don't have enough law enforcement for the amount of traffic that we have coming at us. You got, yeah. Uh, let me let me ask you here uh, as we close because I, I'm gonna I'm gonna need to get you back on so we can chat a little bit more. But let me ask you real bluntly: What do you think needs to happen, buddy? I mean, you're right there on the front lines. Your home, your family. Uh, right on the board. I mean, you're an American citizen. What do you think needs to happen? Well, the first thing that needs to happen, the ranchers that lawfully can go to the store and buy a gun, you know, they don't have any type of criminal record. I think first thing that needs to happen is that they need to be deputized so that we're protected against any type of lawsuit or criminal action when we have to protect ourselves. And it's coming. There's somebody's going to get killed out of this thing. It, you can't do what they're doing and someone not wind up dead. I know people that they have tried to literally break in their house with them in it. And they walked outside and fired a warning shot to get them away from their home. I've got a friend up the road up here that they tried to come in on him one night and his dogs, you know, were barking at him. And they cut his dogs up with machetes and hunting knives. No kidding. And... That's, that's the first thing that needs to happen to help the ranchers. The second thing that needs to happen, I think that uh, the National Guard needs to come to the border. I think the governor needs to seal the border off and he's tell Washington, D.C. to go to hell that this is Texas, this is a liberal America. He needs to seal our border off and he started Texas Border Patrol and as these people come across, they need to be prosecuted because it's a felony to break into the United States. And they're they're committing a felony act to begin with and coming on and committing criminal acts towards the citizens. So they need to be charged. And they need to be dealt with accordingly. And one thing that really does need to happen, anyone that is transporting these illegals, they need to be charged with treason. Yep. They need to be tried for treason against the United States of America. Because they're, they're helping. They're aiding and abetting the invasion of, of our country. Yes, sir. You know, foreigners. These are foreigners, I mean, for crying out loud. I don't, I don't understand how people say that they need to have their rights taken care of. Randy, thank you very, very much. We need to uh, close out real quick here. But thank you very, very much for sharing your uh, experience and your thoughts with us because... Uh, you know, uh, we need America to hear what, what, what is happening, what is happening to you guys. I mean, you are a, like I said, you're a property owner. You are, you have your home that it happens to be near the border. Uh, should not matter. Should not matter. Well, this is, we moved here in 2004. So it's not like we just moved here. And, you know, we have dealt with a few illegals coming through, but Normally, you see them at a distance. We've never had a problem with them coming on us. So it's not somebody that just moved here and, you know, I'm suddenly terrified because I'm seeing strange people. This is something that we've lived and dealt with now for 17 years. And since January the 21st, the amount of traffic, the aggression of the illegals is coming through, it's... It has just gone up and up to a tempo that you can't believe. Incredible. That is that is really, really disgusting, buddy. That is really, it's disgusting, it's dangerous, it, it's terrible that a citizen like yourself has got to deal with that, with a foreign, with a foreign invasion. Yes, and, and And we're, you know, and our government isn't doing anything about it. I mean, you know, it, 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 it just, it's just it's disgusting to me. Well, they're encouraging it. I, I won't say this if I can. Law enforcement has stated openly that when they catch these people and they ask them, why are you here? They tell them that they have been told by the Biden administration, if
amnesty for any crimes that are on the book in their country or in America. They get a free citizenship. That's why they're coming the way that they're coming. They're being told to come. They are, you know, they're being encouraged. They're being encouraged to, to come with uh, promises of amnesty, as well as the fact that we're excusing it. I mean, the the liberal government now that we've got is excusing them and t- saying, you know, that they're 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 being prosecuted in their home la- homeland, so they they can come on in. But uh, we have no control as to who's coming in. We're not controlling the border. Uh, Randy, thank you very much. We need to close out, but thank you very very much for for, for talking to us. Uh, stay as safe as you can, my buddy. Well, thank you for having me. You got it. George Rodriguez, once again, El Conservador on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer, here in San Antonio. And uh, we've got a new guest with us, Mr. Tim Enlow, who is a security professional. And uh, Tim, the reason I reached out to Tim was because he was down in the Rio Grande Valley the other day. Uh, in fact, he is going to be this week again in the Rio Grande Valley. And he um, took some video. Now, he, Tim is an ordinary citizen, what we would classify as a citizen, And uh, because he is an ordinary citizen, I really, really value his comments because uh, they're very, very uh, straightforward. So, Tim, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me on. Tell us about your trip to the Valley and what you saw and what you videotaped. Right. Uh, The first time we went was about two weeks ago. We went down to the Valley and... um, you know, within literally, I mean, initially, uh, I wanted to document the uh, Donna detention facility uh, that Senator Cruz had visited. But within literally maybe two hours of, uh, of being there in McAllen, in the McAllen, Texas area, it, I was really shocked by what I saw because uh, it became very obvious that what we are now dealing with is uh, a government assisted smuggling pipeline, a U.S. government-assisted smuggling pipeline, and, and that they're literally now using federal agencies to assist and help undocumented migrants to enter the USA. Now, we've, we've heard that um, claim lately a lot. How do you, do you see that happening? What is it that you saw that, that made you come to that conclusion? Well, I mean, what we have now is, uh, at the very least, any any migrants, it doesn't matter if they're women or men, any migrants that arrive at the border with a child, uh, we videotape them uh, turning themselves, I mean, they turn themselves into the Border Patrol, and then we follow the Border Patrol buses uh, after they do their initial screening and interview with them, they the Border Patrol then transports them to a COVID testing site in downtown McAllen on US 83 and uh, 15th Street. And uh, we ha- we videotape Border Patrol dropping them off and then literally washing their hands of them as far as they turn them over then to the uh, Catholic Charities. In, in, now this is in McAllen, it happens to be a Catholic charity. In other towns along the border, it's Lutheran Charities and other ones. But in McAllen, it's run by the Catholic Charities. After these people are COVID tested, uh, then the Catholic charity sends a representative up, walks up the street, it's a block away, and then they literally march these people down to the charity. Uh, they march them in the front door, and as we're taking the video, as they march one group in the front door, uh, the roller door opens on the side of the Catholic charity, and another group is loaded in the unmarked van, and then we followed that van to the McAllen Airport, uh, where they were then placed on flights. Uh, throughout the United States. And again, this is without any legal ID. This is with nothing. This is, they are completely undocumented. The other thing uh, that we wanted to establish was we heard the Biden administration say that the only thing they've changed is that where President Trump was making asylum seekers wait in Mexico, that they were simply allowing them to wait uh, in the United States, these 
migrants that they're now letting in. But every migrant we interviewed uh, on camera stated they were not giving an immigration hearing date or an asylum hearing date. So they are literally, so the government is now literally taking these people, transporting them downtown, turning them over to a charity who then puts them on the plane and spreads them throughout the United States of America. That's what we've documented for over a week now. Wow. You know, that is very, very disturbing and troubling. It really is. Um, the videotape that you took, uh, you placed it on uh, on on uh, Facebook and I imagine in other places. What's been the reaction to that? Uh, overwhelming, I would say. Uh, you know, I'm like like you mentioned. I'm just I'm just a regular guy. I didn't, I didn't you know I didn't really plan for any of this to happen. And uh, some of the videos now have over a half million views. And overwhelmingly, out of out of uh, millions of of views over various videos and things, uh, I think I got four, four negative messages on my private messenger, <laughs> Facebook private messenger. Uh, all the rest were outraged that the government is doing this and that our tax dollars are being used for this. Incredible. Let me ask you then, you as a, as a citizen, you as a taxpayer, uh, what do you think needs to happen? What, I mean, do you, do you see any kind of solution for this situation? Well, I mean, the solutions are not hard, right? They're, 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 they're really not. Um, we need we need to close. We need to finish closing the border. Uh, you know, a wall. There's literally pieces of the wall laying on the ground that simply need to be put up where the gaps are. I mean, they're laying on the ground, rusting. Uh, you know, because they, they the current administration decided to stop construction. Um, I do believe we should put National Guard units down there. And I don't mean, look, Governor Abbott's going to say, oh, there's National Guard down there. The National Guard's doing nothing down there other than administrative function, uh, sitting in a pickup truck, guarding open gates that are already open. Uh, that, that's not doing anything. We need the National Guard to have apprehension authority to hold migrants that are coming across illegally um, and turn them over to Border Patrol. Now, that's on the physical side, right, on the physical security side. But most of all, none of that is going to matter if the policy, if the current policy is that we're going to fly them over all the checkpoints. <laughs> uh, so, so, George, I mean, if, if you want the listeners to understand the complete insanity of this, one part of the Border Patrol is still doing their job. For instance, when I leave McAllen to drive back to, to Austin, about 40 miles outside of McAllen, I have to hit a checkpoint, a Border Patrol checkpoint, where they look at my car, they run a dog around my car, they ask me for ID, they ask me if I'm an American citizen. And so those Border Patrol officers are out there eight, ten hours a day doing this, right? But while they're doing this, literally while they're doing this, airplanes full of undocumented migrants are flying over that checkpoint all day long from 8.30 in the morning at the International Airport until 9 p.m. at night. So what what exactly is the purpose of that checkpoint? What, what is the purpose of Governor Abbott sending DPS down and saying it's a surge uh, to help stop the, the, the migrants from coming across? Well, DPS can't stop planes flying overhead, and we're putting them on planes. The government is putting them on planes. Incredible. Let me ask you real quick before we go, what, uh, did you get a chance to talk to any of the Border Patrol agents? And if you did, what was their, what is their sentiment? What, how, what is their... Absolutely, they are absolutely disillusioned. Their morale is at an all-time low. And they said that most of them, some of them have told me straight up that they, they're thinking about resigning. Um, and it's not just because of what they're being asked to do, which violates the law. I mean, it violates immigration law. It violates exactly what they're supposed to be stopping. But more importantly, the, the side effects of this, of, of what's happening, the sexual assault of children in the detention centers, uh, that these, these agents are being exposed to this, they're witnessing this, and it's breaking their heart. And, and that's the last thing that I that I really want, uh, or the most important thing I really want people to understand, is we have a, a tradition in this country of immigrant, immigrants coming here and, and helping make this country great. But the current policy, as it is, is setting these migrants up to be exploited in the 
the very same manner that they were exploited in the home countries that they're trying to flee. And, and that's the biggest shame of all this is that, you know, we're not helping. We're making the situation worse because we're sending them without a support network in the cities across the United States where they have no legal documents and then they're free to be exploited. And, and we literally witnessed this and have it on camera where in, in front of one of the Catholic charities, as we're stopping a car that had uh, kids crammed into the hatch area, not, not the seated area, but they were cramming, the, the Catholic charity was cramming these kids into the hatchback area of a vehicle, and we stopped the vehicle and said, hey, you can't do this. These children are going to get hurt. There's no seatbelts. There's no car seats. There's nothing. And they were trying to take them to the airport that way. And uh, so we stopped the vehicle. But while that was going on, a, a guy from Philadelphia who identifies himself, he says, I'm from Philadelphia, and, uh, you know, he, he wants to talk to the sister at the orphanage and tells us that the sister told him he could come there and pick out single moms to take back to Philadelphia and that he had affidavits of support for them, you know, so that he could prove that he's going to take care of them and he was going to take them back to his ranch in Philadelphia to teach them about the word of God, quote, his way. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. We have, we have this. This is, this is what's happening. So it's not, this is no longer about just immigration. This is a human issue yeah. that, you know, these people are being taken advantage of. Endangered, indentured slaves, indentured that's servants. Exact, that's exactly what it is, George. That is exactly Incredible. what it is. And anyone who cares about human beings should care about that. Right? Incredible. It doesn't matter if you're Republican, Democrat. It just doesn't matter. Just from a human standpoint, you should not want that. Yep to be happening in our country. Buddy, we need to uh, close out. I I, um, I really would like to follow up with your next visit after this la- next visit to um, to the Valley and, tell, and, and you can give me some uh, observations of, uh, of what you're seeing now. Would that I'd be cool? I'd be absolutely happy to, George. All righty. Thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Once again, my friends, we've been talking with my good friend Tim Enloe, uh, who is uh, on his way again to the Rio Grande Valley a uh, private citizen who's just observing what's going on. Thanks a lot, Tim. Absolutely. Have a great day. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer, and uh, we've got uh, our very good friend, uh, Mr. Brandon Judd, who is the president of the Border Patrol local, Border Patrol's national local, uh, or national, should I say, Uh, and uh, I wanted to reach out to him because we've been hearing a lot about uh, everything that's going on on the border. However, I wanted to find out from Brandon how is how are the uh, uh, border patrol agents holding up, and what is uh, what what are their uh, what's the morale like? Brandon, thank you for taking time to be with us uh, today. Um, tell us what uh, how are they holding up, and what's what's the morale like right now? Yeah, speaking speaking as a representative, um, I can personally tell you that the morale is is really going way down, and it's not because the workload is so great. The workload is very high. Agents expect that. We understand that there's going to be ebbs and flows, um, but what we don't expect is we don't expect uh, to not have any support. Um, when you have two agents that are 
um, in charge of watching a pod and ensuring the safety and security of unaccompanied children where the pod is only supposed to hold a maximum of 80 people, but there's uh, 700 people in that pod, it's impossible for, an, for those two agents to ensure uh, the well-being, the safety, that there's no physical or sexual abuse that is taking place within that pod. And so when, when that happens, um, you know, then, then those agents are under a lot of pressure. If something goes wrong in that pod, those agents could be held accountable. If somebody goes into cardiac arrest, if um, if somebody is in fact sexually assaulted, um, you know, those agents are going to be held responsible. But there's no way that it's possible for two agents, two, to watch seven upwards of 700 people in in a small pod. So you know, when you look at that, that's what causes the morale to go down. It doesn't. It doesn't go down because our workload is great. It goes down because we don't, we're not given the resources um, that allows us to do the job properly and to protect innocent people that are in our custody. That's incredible. You know, I was watching. We've been watching lots of uh, of videos of people floating across the river. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, some of these rafts or some of these tubes, inner tubes, uh, we're watching them just get swept away with the current as they get, you know, I mean, as they get closer to the mouth of the river, uh, to the Gulf, uh, the current gets faster. And uh, we're literally watching uh, agents jump into the water to save these folks. Uh, I mean, that that is going well beyond, you know, your, your job description, I would say. No, it is. But, but, but again, our agents are more than willing to do this. We, we perform um, a humanitarian mission on a daily basis. We want to protect individuals, even though they're violating the laws, even though they're committing a crime. We still want to ensure that sanctity of life means something. We want to ensure that these people are protected. They, they need to be prosecuted under the law for the crimes that are committed. But at the same time, they need to, their lives need to be protected. And our agents, they put themselves in harm's way. We've had agents that have died um, trying to save other individuals because, again, the sanctity of life means so much. But when you don't have policies that help us protect life, when you don't have um, a government administration that is behind the work that we do, that morale is going to go down. We're going to feel like our backs are up against the wall, um, that we really can't do our job to the best of our ability. And, and worse off, we can't protect those individuals that cross border legally, and we can't protect the American public from the dangerous things that are crossing the border, whether that's methamphetamine, cocaine, criminal aliens, aliens from special interest countries. We have a mission to protect the American public, but when we're not provided the resources that becomes impossible. What about the health issues uh, for the uh, for the uh, agents? Uh, because I remember in the in the surge back uh, three four years ago, uh, some of the agents were coming down with mumps and measles and other stuff as they were taking care of the kids at that point. In uh, in that time, uh, are we seeing anything like that at this point? Yeah, when you look at the when you look at the COVID pandemic. Um, there have been numerous um, CBP employees, whether that's at the port of entry, whether that's border patrol agents, that have passed away um, because of COVID. Um, a very good friend of mine, Paul Perez, one of his border patrol classmates, just passed away from COVID-19 a couple days ago. Um, you know, yeah, we're, we're put in harm's way because of the, the diseases that are brought across the border. Um, and, and again, when you when you look at that, our, our agents don't mind putting themselves in harm's way. They understand that that's part of the job. They accept that when they sign up to be a border patrol agent. But what they expect and what they deserve is they they deserve an administration that backs up the work that they do um, and and gives policies that will help us to do our job to the best of our abilities. And that is not happening. So what? Um... What uh, are the policies that you think would would help in this kind of situation at this point? When you look at uh, when you look at what the what the Trump administration implemented, I, I mean, let's let's be honest. Let's, let's call the good. Let, let's call good good, and let's call bad bad. Under the Trump administration, they struggled with illegal immigration. In 2019, we reached numbers that were that were very high, that were very similar to March. But the difference was, was the Trump administration recognized that Congress isn't going to help. They tried to work with Congress. They tried to get laws passed that would secure the border. And when Congress refused to act, illegal immigration exploded. So the 
executive authorities, they implemented policies like the microprotection protocols that caused illegal immigration to drop exponentially. Then you have the new administration come in, and and let's let's again let's be honest. Uh, President Biden campaigned on the fact that he was going to get rid of the MPP, but what nobody expected was him to get rid of a program that worked and not replace it with anything else. So all he did was was stepped in, abolished the MPP, didn't replace it with anything that would address the issue, and that's why illegal immigration has exploded in the last two months. Wow. We've, um, you know, maybe you could confirm or not, but we've heard that in some cases, uh, hand sanitizer is not available for for some of the border patrol agents in some of those smaller offices. Is that true? No, in the in the early times of COVID nineteen, that that was true. Now now there's plenty of hand sanitizer as the as the industry has caught up to the demand. Yeah, um, we do have plenty of plenty of that. Yeah, wow, good, good. Well, I you know uh, there there is just so much that we see that we appreciate uh, regarding the the border patrol the the agents. I mean, so much that we really really uh, look to them. Uh, we certainly hope that uh, you know that uh, and pray for them to. To be safe and and uh, and sound in their work. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to add to our to um, before we, we close? No, we, we really appreciate the public support. That's very important to us. I mean, it's it's one of the reasons why we put on the uniform and go to work every day, um, knowing that we're protecting the public, knowing that the public does in fact support us, knowing that the vast majority of United States citizens believe in law and order, knowing that the vast majority do not believe in defunding law enforcement, um, that we do have an important job, that we play an important role. Knowing that is, is what, even though we don't have the administration's back like we should, knowing that we have the American public behind us really makes it that much easier for us to put that uniform on and go out and do the job that we do. Yeah. Let me ask you one more question before we go. Um, has, uh, you know, in any of these um, uh, uh, bills that have gone through to uh, to do all sorts of things, uh, specifically under the name of, of COVID relief, uh, has there been anything in there to um, to uh, help uh, and support the, the the border patrol and the mission? No, not at all. Not 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 that I'm aware of. And I'm I'm looking at all these bills, uh, looking to see what's going to help agents. And I, I'm not seeing anything in any of these bills that actually support the rule of law, that supports border security, that will help us um, drive illegal immigration down. Uh, again, this is not a conversation about legal immigration. Everybody supports legal immigration. This is the this is a country that has the, the, the biggest heart in the world. We want to protect people, but we want to do it in a legal manner. Um, we have to look at this and say this is illegal immigration, and we have to deal with it. And, and as far as I know, none of these bills have anything that's going to address border security and illegal immigration. Wow. Buddy, thank you very, very much for taking time to uh, to be with us. Please, again, uh, you know, tell the agents whenever you get a chance that um, that uh, that we are supporting them, that we've got uh, you know that we've got their backs, and we're doing the best we can to to help out to uh, make sure that they've got all the tools and resources as well as the support they need. I will do that, and I really appreciate it. It's always good to talk with you. You have a great day. You too. Been talking with um, our good friend, Mr. Brandon Judd who is the uh, national president of the uh, Border Patrol uh, Union. Thank you very much, Brandon. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Let me begin by thanking Border Hawk News for making this show possible. If you want to know anything and everything about what's going on the going on in the border, as well as internationally with immigration, my friends, and we are getting influenced by international, uh, international trends, uh, Go to Border Hawk News. They have it all. They have all the information you want. I want to especially thank uh, Mr. Randy Wright, uh, Mr. Tim Edlow, and of course my very good friend, Mr. Brandon Judd from the Border Patrol Union, for being our guest today and for sharing their information and their experiences with us. My friends, uh, Border Hawk News, or uh, El Conservador, is uh, a, a, a radio show that uh, comes to you courtesy of Border Hawk News. I am an American of Mexican descent. Let me make sure you understand that. An American of Mexican descent. I am an American first. 
that I am of Mexican descent is should not be of any consequence other than that's my my uh, heritage or and my uh, bloodline. But my friends, I'm an American first. And the problem that we've got, my friends, is that we've got too many, too many Mexican first Hispanics in the Democrat Party who are who are angry at the United States, who want to undermine the United States. We've got a lot of black first Americans who want to undermine and destroy America. We've got a lot of uh, a lot of uh, ethnic first, racial first Americans who want their diversity, but all it does is is divide our nation. Well, I am an American first Hispanic, an American first. Okay, and if you want to hear my perspective, if you want to hear the perspective of someone like myself who's not afraid to talk about race, ethnicity, culture, and tell it like it is, please feel free to uh, contact me. Uh, I'll be glad to come out and talk to your organization. I also have a book, El Conservador, uh, Conservative Opinions, which is available at Barnes & Noble uh, or at Amazon. Please uh, go and purchase that book. It's full of information, full of essays on how to counter the left, how to counter... Uh, their uh, their arguments regarding race, immigration, and of course the fake news. So once again, my friends, thank you for being with us today. I hope that you will join us again next week. Uh, if you want to hear, if you want to share this program, please go to uh, my Facebook page, El Conservador, or to my web page, El Conservador, or to my uh, or to the KLUP El Conservador page. And you can uh, click on that sh- on that uh, show or past shows, and you can share them. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 9:30 AM radio, brought to you courtesy of Border Hawk News. Till next week, thank you very much. Mm-hmm.